This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're glad you could join us again today. Well, according to the National Highway Safety Traffic Administration, nearly 19,000 people died in traffic collisions in the United States in the first six months of 2015, and 2.2 million people were seriously injured. These results would make 2015 the most deadly year for drivers since 2007. That's certainly not uh, the direction we want to be headed in. So today on Ringler Radio, we're going to be taking a look at the entire subject of motor vehicle collisions and what needs to be done to prevent them. And we'll be speaking with a prominent attorney who's trying to do just that. And helping me today as my co-host is my Ringler colleague and friend, John Muir. John manages offices in Bloomington, Illinois, in St. Louis, Missouri. And in addition to personal injury cases, John also has specific expertise in workers' compensation, automobile, and product liability matters. And of course, John, we know you as the expert in workers' comp, and you're the go-to guy for us and a lot, or a lot of us in Ringler. So welcome to Ringler Radio, and, and glad you're my co-host. Great. Thanks, Larry. Well, our guest today is attorney Grant Dixon, founder of the Dixon Law Office located in the Chicago suburb of LaGrange, Illinois. As a trial lawyer, Grant represents plaintiffs in all forms of personal injury, wrongful death, and business litigation matters. In addition to automobile accidents, he also practices uh, medical malpractice, nursing homes, product liability, and chemical exposures, also aviation mishaps. So that's a, a big plate there for you, Grant. Thanks a lot for joining us. And of course, you can be reached at DixonLawOffice.com, uh, and we'll talk more about that later. But <clears throat> welcome to the show, Grant. Glad to have you on Ringler Radio. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate it. Great. Well, Grant, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your, your law practice, and then we'll get into a little bit more detail on the automobile area. But give us a, a little synopsis of uh, what you're all about. I'm a plaintiff's personal injury lawyer doing uh, personal injury and workers' comp, not only in the Chicago area, but nationwide. Um, I, it's really been my calling to help people in some of the most desperate times of their lives when uh, the things that are supposedly normal uh, suddenly become upended and everything changes. Oftentimes, clients come to us uh, when a loved one has been seriously injured or uh, unfortunately killed, and we try and hold those responsible for those injuries um, and then hopefully put some financial stability back into the lives of, of many of those people. Uh, Grant, what are some of the most common causes of motor vehicle collisions? One of the things that's uh, the primary cause is uh, driver inattention. Uh, in fact, the uh, National Highway Transportation Safety Administration back in February released a new study that showed that uh, driver inattention is the number one cause of crashes in the United States, uh, up now to 41% of all crashes. Um, these distractions can include things that we all know that we're not supposed to do, but many of us do, such as 
texting, talking on the phone, even GPS, uh, messing with your GPS during the course of a, of a drive can cause crashes. But it also includes external distractions, uh, looking around, some people call it rubbernecking at the road. Uh, anything that takes your attention off of the road can be something that can cause a crash. Well, you know, talking about the concept of a crash, I know a lot of lawyers uh, don't like to use the word auto accident because it sometimes implies uh, that there's no fault involved. But what what is the expression that you like to use when you talk about these collisions and crashes, et cetera? What, 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 what do you like to say? I use the phrase crash because it uh, really uh, describes what's actually happening, especially in automobile crashes. Uh, an accident is generally something that there is no fault of, uh, that these things just happen. Um, that is almost never the case in an automobile collision where two cars collide at an intersection. Uh, almost every single case that we see for automobile accidents, that's actually a crash where somebody has done something wrong. And in fact, uh, just this week, uh, we were involved in an appellate case where the entire decision turned on whether the description of the of the particular occurrence was a crash or an accident. And the court found that because uh, it was described as a crash as opposed to an accident, my clients were entitled to compensation. So it, the, the meanings of the terms can be very significant in the practice of law. Sounds like words do matter. So that's uh, very interesting for our audience to, to, re, to remember. It's, uh, it's something a lot of us haven't really thought about. And it, that's absolutely true. And they uh, many times clients just simply refer to them as accidents and don't really think about the consequences. We as lawyers spend a lot of time uh, reading and writing, and for our purposes, good lawyers know the right words to use, and so we always emphasize the appropriate words at the at the right time. Of course, in casual conversation, uh, it may not make so much difference, but when you're litigating claims where there are millions of dollars involved, the right words do matter, and they can make a huge difference. If someone out there is involved in a motor vehicle collision, what should next steps be? Go ahead and walk us through that process. Uh, absolutely. And actually, we've, I wrote a, uh, a five action steps uh, brochure that's available on our website for people who want to see more of it because it's a common question. Um, I use the acronym CRASH, C-R-A-S-H. Uh, first thing and most important thing is to call for help. Immediately, you need to call for help. Even if you think that it's just property damage, most insurance companies are going to require some type of a police report in order to document what's happened. Second is R for request medical attention. Uh, we know from many medical studies that people who think they're okay at the scene find out that they have serious injuries later on. And so even if you think you're just shaken up, you should request medical attention. Uh, third is A for ask. You want to ask for information. You need to make sure that you not only get the information from the other driver who uh, caused the crash, but also witnesses who might have seen it, anybody who's in the other vehicles. Those are all important things to do. Uh, S is for see all the damage. Uh, you want to make sure everybody carries a smartphone today. Um, you want to take out your smartphone and start snapping pictures. Get pictures of, of everything that's there, not only the uh, cars that are involved in the crash, but the, the debris that's on the ground. Even the weather can be very, very important. And then last is H for hold the wrongdoers accountable. Sometimes people just say, oh, I'm just going to let this pass by and not worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. 
But we like to think more globally because if the person has done it once, we know statistically they're more likely to do it again, particularly if they haven't been held accountable. And so we encourage people to hold them accountable, even if they're not going to hire a lawyer, to make sure that they make the claims and they get those things done so that the next time somebody has this happen to them, at least they're thinking before it occurs. Well, you know, Grant, I always like to uh, highlight examples to move certain abstract ideas into a more concrete uh, understanding for our audience. And today, we would like you to talk about a specific motor vehicle collision case that you handled where your client was rear-ended on a major expressway. And uh, it, it's, co- it's quite an interesting story uh, that kind of highlights some of the issues we're trying to raise here today. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, thank you. Um, this is a school teacher who was just having another day, and she was driving on the expressway in the Chicago suburbs. It's a busy expressway during rush hour traffic, and she had stopped in the course of traffic uh, when suddenly and without warning, a woman from behind just slammed into her and caused catastrophic injuries. Um, she missed months and months of work. She ended up with hundreds of thousands of dollars in bills all because the driver behind her was not paying attention to the circumstances around her and slowing with the course of traffic. And I think it highlights uh, uh, several important lessons for us all. First of all, there is no normal day anymore. Unfortunately, we have to be vigilant and aware of these things and be prepared for those circumstances. I think second, though, as drivers ourselves, we need to do a better job of paying attention as we are driving so that we're not somebody who's causing one of these statistics to occur. We need to remember to put down the cell phone, put it in the back seat or in the trunk of your car so that you don't have it, uh, have ready access to it. Use hand, hands-free devices when at all possible. Of course, the best is to shut off the cell phone altogether. To not mess around with anything inside the car, to leave it alone, it can always wait. And if it's really, truly that important, you want to make sure that you pull off to the side of the road, get to a safe place, take an exit, pull into a gas station, and have those conversations then and there. Uh, Unfortunately, the story does not end well for my client in this case because she ended up having to have surgery, and while the surgery was somewhat effective, she's been left with pain for the rest of her life. And that's unfortunately, she's going to suffer those consequences. Now, we were able to achieve some measure of justice from the opposing insurance company and able to settle the case for a very significant amount of money, um, and they ultimately confessed their responsibility in the case. But while money helps, it doesn't fix the pain. And I would love to be out of business tomorrow and never have anybody else have to come back to talk to me about some catastrophic injury. But if, if it does happen, we feel good that we're able to try and make things right on some level. And I think those are some of the lessons that we can all take from these kinds of crashes. Hey, Grant, what, what was your legal strategy for this case? Well, I think first and foremost is when a case like this comes to a lawyer, they're thinking this is fairly simple and easy. I mean, she stopped and somebody rear-ends them. But I think you have to dig deeper as a lawyer and look into the to the root causes of these kinds of crashes because if you do that, the focus then becomes on their misconduct as opposed to what my client's injuries are alone. Um, it's, it's one thing to find out that they've rear-ended somebody. It's a significantly different case when you find out that they have, they're playing with their cell phone at that particular time and it makes it much more egregious, much more serious, 
and it allows us as lawyers to show the true value of this case, not just simply because there's a rear-end accident, but because somebody is doing something that is clearly wrong, that should never occur, and is doing at a very high rate of speed when the consequences are much more significant. I think that's what allowed us to achieve such a significant settlement in this case. Sure. And, you know, I, all lawyers are looking for these aggravating factors that will uh, cause a jury to kind of sit up and take notice and uh, perhaps be a little more uh, generous with, with their awards. Well, you're, you're handling a lot of different personal injury cases, Grant, in your office. What would you say are the comparative differences between the motor vehicle collision cases and your other personal injury cases? Well, I, I think there are a couple distinguishing things. Um, today, we see far more car crashes that are caused by distracted driving than ever before. Um, in, in fact, um, in talking to police officers and other people who do this, it's, it's one of the first things they look for is, is there a cell phone and were you, were you on the cell phone at the time of the crash? I think that's a, a big distinction. I also see that we're doing a lot more things in our cars uh, than we have done in the past. Um, there's a lot more things going on. I, I see people driving with laptops. I even saw a gentleman driving a semi-truck while reading the newspaper, no joke. And it's just frightening to see that. I think third, we've become much more accepting in, in these kinds of things. And we just assume that this is the new normal, that we can drive and text or talk on the phone while we're doing these things. It's just not safe. And study after study has has shown that. I think this is uh, playing out into other areas of the law as well. So we have a fair number of motorcycle crash cases, and unfortunately, regardless of whether the motorcycle driver is at fault in, in crashes, the motorcycle driver always loses because ju it's just physics. There's a, a 5,000-pound SUV versus a 250, 300-pound motorcycle that motorcycle is going to lose every single time. We recently had a, a motorcycle crash where a driver just turned left in front of the motorcycle and he ended up, the driver ended up on the side of that van uh, and with catastrophic, horrible injuries. So we see those kinds of things much more often. I think the final distinction that we see is that these insurance companies have become much more vigorous in going after people who are injured. They are trying to attack these people early on. My, I've had multiple clients report to me that they have insurance companies calling their cell phones while they're in the emergency room. Um, and so we see that insurance companies have become much more aggressive in pursuing victims of personal injury cases. I think that highlights the last point, and that's why you need to be communicating with a lawyer as quickly as possible. Uh, because you need protection. You are not going to be able to, to successfully handle these cases on your own in most circumstances. And at the very least, consult with an honest, long-standing, upright lawyer who's got a lot of experience in the area, and he'll give you honest advice about what you should do. Sure, and uh, obviously not a lawyer who's also uh, using their cell phone to call the patient while they're in the hospital as well. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's definitely the case. You, yeah. don't want, you don't want to talk to anybody who's calling you while they're talking on their cell phone there while driving down the road. You know, Grant, uh, let me go off, off uh, target here just a little bit. You, you, you mentioned how uh, a lot of these auto cases are being uh, involved with distracted driving with people on cell phones, laptops, newspapers, uh, fairly outlandish things. But, you know, you notice that 
as you look forward in, in time, a lot of these companies are coming out with driverless automobiles, automobiles that drive themselves, where people can actually sit back, relax, and use their laptop or, or, or use their phone. Uh, do you see, and how, does, how do you think the plaintiff attorney community feels about where that's going to go in terms of uh, changing some of the dynamic of some of the things you mentioned earlier? Well, it reminds me a lot of that old cartoon, The Jetsons, where you uh, George would get in the in the his uh, little spaceship and then it would start driving him around. I I think that uh, distracted driving is certainly a problem, and I think that driverless or automated driving can be a way to help solve that. I I'm always a little bit guarded whenever anybody tells me that technology is going to make things safer because it all comes down to who's in charge of programming that particular driverless vehicle. It's not going to eliminate crashes, uh, and quite frankly, I don't believe that the technology is anywhere close to being safe enough that we're going to be able to use it on a regular basis anytime soon. Uh, as my grandmother would say, the proof is going to be in the pudding. We'll see how it all plays out. I think as plaintiff's lawyers, we have guarded optimism. Anything that makes driving safer, we're all for it. We want people to be safer. We want fewer accidents. But I'm I'm a little bit concerned that the promise doesn't live up to the ultimate delivery. Um, we'll see. We'll um, see driving yeah. one driverless vehicle around a racetrack hundreds of times is certainly interesting. I don't think it proves that these things are going to be safe in the mass market for thousands and thousands of people driving around well, in the city Grant, of Chicago or anywhere else. Grant, can you imagine driving down, uh, you know, in Chicago, Michigan Avenue, and all of a sudden seeing a car coming at you with no driver in it, just coming at you. I mean, it's 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 almost funny to to think about, you know. Usually, usually sometimes down down in Florida, you see, you know, you can't see the driver because there's a little short in in the front seat there. <laughs> but not to really have a driver, that's that's going to be quite quite interesting to see. Well, it's going to be it's going to be scary. Absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break right now, and let's be back in a minute with uh, a lot of good conversation right here on Ringler Radio. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm joined by my co-host, John Muir, and our special guest, Attorney Grant Dixon from Illinois. Now, Grant, tell us about the outcome of the case you discussed earlier in the program, uh, I understand it was settled for some fairly large dollar amounts. And uh, what was the feedback from your clients? Our, feed, our feedback that we received was the clients were happy. Uh, they were satisfied with the result. 
Um, it's, it's always uh, a bittersweet ending in cases where people are left with significant injuries, but the, the money helps make their lives easier. And so they are happy and, and feel like the process served them well. Well, terrific, terrific. And, uh, you know, with your experience in this arena, what really should be done to create more awareness out there when it comes to driver safety and, uh, other measures to prevent collisions. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think that we cannot do enough to alert people about the dangers of distracted driving, um, particularly our younger drivers. I have a couple teenagers, and uh, we emphasize how important it is to put the phone away. Uh, it, I think that's the number one thing is to make sure that we let people know as often as possible. So I will speak to local rotary clubs, to business associates, um, and to lawyer groups about the dangers of distracted driving, because I think we all get uh, lulled into the complacency of doing it. And the more that we can keep it up front and let people know that it truly is dangerous, uh, I think the better off we are. No question. Of course, I think the most effective way to do it is to put my wife in the passenger seat because she won't let me do anything in that car that distracts me. Well, so, uh, I'm she... going to make her drive with my teenagers so that she can talk to them about that. <laughs> well, if we can clone her, you can have her. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Well, we'd love to have her anytime. Anytime she gets to Illinois, let me know, and we'll we'll put her in the car and, t- and teach my kids a lesson. Terrific. Grant, what are your thoughts on structured settlements and motor vehicle collision cases? I think structured settlements provides us with a critical tool in helping us to resolve uh, many auto crash cases. The, the simple fact is, is that particularly with younger people, um, giving them hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars after a crash is, is quite frankly, a dangerous thing. And so structured settlements give us the opportunity to be very planful about how this money is going to be distributed and also providing them with uh, a tax-free way of allowing this money to grow and continue into the future. We've had several clients who have uh, used structured settlements in an effective way to allow them to receive uh, a lifetime of income, um, to provide income distributions at appropriate times for college funds, for example. There are many ways that structured settlements are, are really, really effective in helping us do what we need to do, and that's represent our clients in the best possible way. Well, you know, that's that's music to our ears, of course, and... Uh you know, those, those attorneys that we deal with that, that do advocate for structured settlements for their clients uh, constantly are telling us the same story you just did, that their clients have a long-term future of uh, dollars that are available for them. And even if they make some mistakes along the way, that money keeps flowing to them. And uh, so many sad stories when, when, when clients have insisted on cash and have dissipated it uh, too soon. So uh, I appreciate your, your, your good, kind thoughts about structures and how, how well they're uh, they were suited for your clients. That's terrific. Yeah, it really is. I think any lawyer who does uh, what we do in personal injury plaintiff's work has to consider a structured settlement at least at some point in time in every single case because there are times in which they are just the most effective planning tool in allowing people to preserve that money that has been cost them so much that they've mm-hmm. given up so much of usually of their health or God forbid the life of someone they love. And the structured settlement is just a really effective tool to make sure that that money is there and it's going to continue to grow for as long as they need it to be there. 
I think it provides flexibility. I think it provides tax-free income. And it really is a wonderful tool that I think many lawyers, quite frankly, don't use as effectively as they might in many of their cases. Well, no question. And, you know, the third uh, part of that tripod is peace of mind. I mean, I think the uh, the concept of not having to worry so much about the fluctuating markets and, and, and the churning of the funds and the investment ideas and, and decisions – uh, those are all, and expenses too along the way, these are all phenomenal advantages of a structure that the, the folks that really understand it uh, really gra- grab onto it. And uh, I'm appreciative of the fact that you're so supportive of it. So thank you very much. Yeah. If I could just give one real quick example. I had a client in an, another auto crash case, serious injuries, and we structured her money in such a way that after the jury verdict, we were uh, able to obtain a settlement and we took that money and structured it out so that her her rent for the rest of her life or mortgage if she purchased a house would be paid. And so she she called me several years later and was so appreciative of the fact that every time that that rent check came in, she knew that she was going to have a roof over her head and would never have to worry about that ever again. That kind of peace of mind is extremely valuable and really, really worthwhile. And without a structured settlement, would never be possible. No question. And you know, that, that speaks also to the creativity. You know, you, you, you know, there's so many ways you can take a structured settlement concept and apply it to somebody's needs. And I know John and I do that every day. And it's, uh, it's amazing how it works out for, for people. And, uh, you know, as John, John likes to say this, that we get Christmas cards from our structured settlement clients, uh, years and years and years after we've done the case. So it's terrific. Well, with that, I guess my only question to you, uh, Grant, is what would you like to offer to those who've been injured in motor vehicle collisions as as any last thoughts? Well, I think the the most important thing is to remember that when you are involved in some type of automobile crash, motorcycle crash, workers' compensation injury, you need to find an attorney that you can trust. And we've been doing this for well over 20 years um, and I, it's something that I'm really passionate about, and I, I really enjoy representing people in these kinds of crashes, and I think we do it really, really well. And if there's anybody out there who's interested, they can always go to our website, uh, DixonLawOffice.com, uh, or AttorneysMakingItRight.com. We want to make it right for them, and even if they just have a question, call us anytime. We're here to help. That's terrific. And, John, if someone wanted to contact you, how would they do that? Uh, thanks, Larry. Uh, you can call my uh, uh, office at 309-662-0569. Or also find uh, me and my son, John, who's a lawyer, uh, in my office uh, on our website at ringler.com. Terrific. And uh, I guess both of you are out in Illinois, so uh, that that speaks for maybe some uh, activity between the two of you. So I always like to, to match up some structured settlement professionals with some lawyers and that's uh, always something that's good for everyone. And, uh, you know, all of you out there, you can reach every Ringler Associate on ringlerassociates.com. Uh, our website is full of great information, and it's got uh, uh, all the new cutting-edge ideas uh, that are coming out. Uh, I encourage you to go to the website. It's a terrific uh, resource for everyone. And you can also find all the Ringler Radio shows on the website. And you can also find these radio shows on ringlerradio.com or legaltalknetwork.com. And... Uh, you can go to iTunes as well, and you can download uh, right from iTunes and uh, right onto your uh, iPad or iPod and go listen at your leisure to, to all the great information you hear, you're hearing, just like we heard today from Grant. So with that, I want to say thank you, Grant, for being a great guest. 
Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are doing great work. Super. And, John, thanks for being a great co-host. Thank you, Larry. And uh, for all the rest of you out there, go have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today. Today.